Hello everybody, this is Hambo. I'm live. It's Tuesday, I know. No, yeah it is, it is kind of Tuesday. It's Monday night, Tuesday morning. So, go figure, I'm recording <laughs> on days I usually don't record. Here I am. I'm also doing a video recording version right now. I wanted to kill two birds with one stone. Uh, put out a podcast and also put out uh, put out the podcast for my YouTube channel. One of one of my YouTube cha- YouTube channels, which is Mustang Seven. And some of you might be curious: Why is it called Mustang Seven? Why not the Ham Palace? Or why not Hamble Can Draw? Or 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 whatever. Um, Basically, when I was coming up with the YouTube channel, this is an old YouTube channel I have. It's about, gosh, I gotta remember, 2000. Probably came out 2009, something like that. And I was just putting up uh, movies, shorts from stuff I did from film school, uh, muscle heads. That was a big reason to start it. And. I go, what do I name my YouTube channel? I go, uh, uh, the high school, one of the high schools I went to was, uh, was Lutheran High North. I am the must, the, the, the mascot was, a, was a Mustang. And I happened to like Lutheran High North as a high school and as a people there. And which not many people like their high school. I understand. Um, I totally get you. <laughs> and because I had to, Go to a different high school after that, uh, which I which I hated. Although not all the people were bad, but it wasn't was not an ideal experience for me. So I got to see both sides of the fence: people that enjoy the friends that they make in, in high school, and people that it's some of the worst years of their lives. And uh, so Mustangs, yeah, <laughs> getting off topic. Mustang Seven, and then uh, Seven just just to throw in uh, throw in my favorite number there, and so there we go. That's that's why I came up with that. One of the reasons I want to do a podcast uh, tonight was awesome news, at least in the gaming uh, world, and the role-playing gaming world, which I'm part of. Um, I've gotten back into D&D, the Dungeons & Dragons, the last few years. Uh, it's TSR. Um, TSR is back. I believe, I thought it was the the brother of Gary Gygax, but it's actually... Uh, the son, uh, Gary Gygax Jr., not Luke, but Jr., is heading it, heading up, heading it up with uh, some partners, a couple partners, which the names escape me right now. But um, this is pretty amazing, and this matters. This matters to me because this is really, this is what needs to happen. Whether it's movies, whether it's comics, 
uh, whether it's any form of entertainment, comedy. And I've had my foot in a lot of these realms. And uh, they're bringing back uh, the old school, officially. Now, it, it had been kind of unofficial with, uh, you know, the old school uh, renaissance, the old school role-playing, however you want to say it. I hate saying abbreviated nonsense, so I always have to say the, what it means. And uh, people have been making awesome uh, versions of Advanced Dungeons & Dragons, basic Dungeons & Dragons, and doing a pretty darn good job. They still are. I have... Let's see here. This awesome book for... I got for about five, four or five bucks. Basic Fantasy. You can see that. There you go. Which is basically advanced D&D. Uh, but in an easier to... Uh, easier to to find stuff uh, version. Like, that's the problem. As much as I love 2nd edition, and uh, as much as I love uh, Advanced Dungeons & Dragons and the basic D&D, which I, I barely played very little of that when I was a kid or something, but yeah. That's... That is, uh, what was, what was, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> yeah, those have been popular, and it's like, now they're making it official. They're making it official, and they are coming out swinging. They got the original artists, well, not all of them, but some of the artists that worked on uh, Advanced D&D. Second edition and all that, and uh, Larry Elmore, Jeff Easley, those are they're awesome. I, I, they're legendary D and D artists to me, and there's plenty more out there. I don't know my, how many of them are still. Uh, I'm sure maybe they're still working, or or maybe some of them are retired. But this is great. I I, I, I love this. I I, I got to drop the f bomb. I fucking I fucking love this because. It's bringing back the edgeness, the edgeness to D and D, which Fifth Edition has kind of dropped the ball on, and traded itself for the sake of let's make it easier on people, let's give them a little bit more more chances, let's give let's give them cantrips that never end that they can use offensively, and. Um, so they swing the other way, where I think they're, the player characters are, are a bit too powerful. And I don't think they needed to do that, because even in second, well, definitely in third, the characters are already pretty dang powerful. Definitely by third. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah, I, I won't go into too many things, but... I mean, you look at the Dragonborn class, and they can breathe fire, and if they get a certain class, 
or they have extra things early. And, and I think that's the biggest thing I have a problem with. You get super powered up very early. And it's overwhelming. This is the worst thing, I think. It's overwhelming for new players because they have too many options. At least this is my experience so far. And so they're overwhelmed with, what do I do? What do I do? How do I play Dungeons & Dragons? Because they're over... It's. I mean, you look at that character sheet. It's now. It's. I like the design of the character sheet that it comes with, but it's so busy. And even even second edition had a little bit of problem with that. Although I love their, I miss their character sheets, but it's just it's too too much. It's too too much to look at. Too many numbers coming at you. There's too many things you can do early on instead of spacing it out over a few levels, you know, bit by bit. And they do this, I think, because they want people to feel like they're having fun. They can, they can, they're empowered right away. Now, I'm not totally knocking 5th edition. It still uses the D20 system, but that's not really a new thing. The advantage is advantage. Okay, that's, that's cool, but none of my players really need it <laughs> or use it very much because they're so powerful they haven't had to really need to draw on advantage or disadvantage maybe that's a fault fault as me as a as a dm for not throwing heavier not using that cr cr rate and that's another thing cr rating geez you got to do this whole big mathematical formula well it's not that big but I'm, you know, to, uh, Thaco is easily easier to, to figure out than this uh, CR rating formula. <laughs> okay, just to throw some challenging villains at them, you know, that's gonna be okay. It's gonna be a little bit tough, and yeah, yeah. Um, I think this is gonna bring bring out. If, I, I hope, I hope if, if if they can make it work this time, I hope people decide to give it a chance. But I don't know because of our culture right now. Our culture doesn't like that much challenge. It likes give me give me something powerful now so I can I can uh, you know not feel so unempowered in the beginning now. There's extremes to both cases. You know, I've DM'd a, a game where, uh, you know, a friend of mine was playing a thief, and he felt very underpowered and very underwhelmed. Now, granted, he was playing solo with fighting NPCs once in a while to help him out, but uh, that that's, that's tough. That's tough. That's the other side. And then the scaling... You know, getting good at thieving, it takes so long from the early levels. It's like you just kind of, I, I think, it was kind of like, oh, this is so, mm. you know. But he, you know, he made it to, I think it was fourth level. So that's still something. That's still something. Um, Just a few more points. I'm going to try to wrap it up and go on it because this isn't a gaming podcast. So I'm kind of going off off the rails here on, on the genre. But 
it's so cool. Like, they're, I think it's called Giant, Giant World or something like that, that, that they're a new campaign. Now, the fighting, the combat system is using percentage, which is kind of odd to me. Because <laughs> to me, that's very chaosium, you know. But if I think, if I remember right, Top Secret uses percentage, I think, but yeah. Anyway, though, I think they're going to bring back Top Secret, reboot Top Secret, uh, New World Order, which is awesome. I love that title. Um, and some old, de I hope, I think, I'm pretty sure they're going to bring back some new modules. They're going to make some new modules, hopefully with the old school design. That's great. I love that. Um, but this is, to me, this is what the world needs. These guys that are doing it, they got balls and they're going for it. <laughs> I'm, it's like, I'm rooting for them. I'm rooting for them. However, I think they're a little too ambitious. They're talking about making a theme park <laughs> and then they printed it in their brochure. Like stay tuned for the theme park that you could, you know, dress up as in character as which I get because cosplay is up big and everything and they do have renaissance festivals but uh, let's just concentrate on, on making TSR uh, close to what it was at least and try to stay on point as far as how the money is managed and how, how, how the, the business is going to be run that so they don't run themselves into the, the, gr a ground, the ground again. But man, I, I love it. I love it. You know, it's kind of like when Stallone does, uh, you know, he writes and directs one of his own movies. It's like, I'm there. I'm going to go see it. You know, that's this is how it's like, this is people from the old school pretty much. you know giving it another go saying we're not done yet you know and I love that that's great you know um, I appreciate everything that 5th edition has done and uh, you know and Hasbro big company pushing them you know and and critical role and all that that's that's cool and you know they're just having fun and they do a good job with that and everything they bring it out to the limelight and that people catch on because they see them having fun. That's cool. Um, I'm not saying you can't have fun playing 5th edition. You can. You can. Especially, you know, if you're halfway decent DM and if you got halfway decent players that show up, you can have a good time. You can have a good time. Um, like I said, I'm not knocking everything about it. You know, the books are, are well done. The art's... The art's good, like the Monster Manual. The art's good. Uh, I will. That's what I'll, I will say. That and the DM guide, as far as it, the content that's in it, is excellent. As far as what they give you that you can use for solo gaming and for making, um, making your own campaigns and dungeons and. It's got a lot of really good stuff that it's probably worth me rereading it. And I, the, the, the Advanced Dungeons & Dragons DM guide, you know, people reread that 
I mean, look at Questing Beast. He's reading the whole enchilada, and that's pretty amazing. I'm throwing out some D&D YouTubers and everything. But I don't want to go on for too long because then this will become like a gaming thing. Uh, but, yeah, it's pretty cool, and I'd love to see that logo up. And it, it's, it's something that's important in our culture that we kind of need. We need... We need to remind ourselves what what a challenge it's there is. It's good to have challenge um, in things uh, once in a while to kind of test our metal. And uh, I just kind of wish they'd go back to you know go back to rolling twenty and keep that aspect, or just maybe add something along with the twenty sided dice, or maybe you could play it with ascending and descending that's what a lot of uh, that's what um, white box is doing I love you can play ascending and descending and they throw out the FACO number and uh, playing some white box right now that's pretty awesome stuff so yeah yeah it's neat it's really cool and it's something that a lot of different uh, Industries, creative industries need to follow suit on, uh, such as movies and comics. They need to bring badassery back. And remember, there's a standard that was like, like this. <laughs> okay. Uh, that it's like, look, not everything's going to be, not everybody can make super cool unique modules or uh campaigns like like they used to but if you sh if you reach for that there's a certain greatness that you can achieve by reaching for a challenge and if you have characters that play in a, in a more in a more challenging world you'll be and they survive you'll be that much more proud of your character and hopefully of yourself in some way that you're able to maneuver your, your character, you, even though there's a lot of luck involved, but you're able to use some kind of cunningness somewhere in that game to survive. And instead of using just your pluses, your plus five strength, your plus eight dexterity all the time, every time to trump that situation, you know, I mean, I've played, I've played characters like, um, you know, a lot of my characters were kind of like superhero characters and, uh, in advanced and second, but, but, uh, I still use them in ways that were here and there, not that much, but in ways where my character wants to say this. Uh, my character's going to evade this time. He's going to get himself out of the way. He's going to grab the ceiling. You know, he's going to either grab, throw his grappling hook, get himself up on a ceiling, or hang from a ceiling before the water comes down. Before the water comes down the tunnel. You know, interesting things. Uh, I'm going to bring some personality to this character somehow. I mean, there's going to be more to him than just hitting something and being strong and being very agile 
So, yeah. Anyway, I'm getting... I digress. I'm going too far on TSR, but I'm just really fired up about it. I want to talk about it. And I might talk about some talk about it some more on solo quest or my other youtube channel but uh, this one's going up on mustang 7 although not live because i'm not i guess i'm not cool enough to do the live stuff live streaming yet gotta get more uh more followers so what else what else are we talking about here um spider-man i'm excited about spider-man uh no way home kind of another example of bringing back old school in a kind of in a weird way although Tobey Maguire and it's not that really old school it's still kind of kind of pretty recent but I don't know how much Tobey Maguire and uh, Garfield Andrew Garfield is uh, they're, they're gonna be in it I don't know because a lot of the set reports, you don't hear them being on set too much. So they're either doing an excellent job of hiding the actors from shooting, or there's a lot of green screen where they're being shot inside, or they're only, they're only going to be in it for very little. It's awesome that Alfred Molina is going to be back. That's cool. And Electro, as much as the Electro... Uh, uh, wasn't really wasn't great. I don't blame Jamie Foxx necessarily. I think he's a very good, capable actor. It's just for him give, getting another another shot at that role. That's kind of neat. That's kind of ballsy. I like that. So that's going to give him another chance to make something, make this character pop in a way, or or make him more interesting in in, in another way. So I'm looking forward to see how they do that. Hopefully the writing's good. Uh, I know this is all inspired from in, Into the Spider-Verse, which was which I enjoyed a lot. But is it going to be that good? Is it going to be that at that level? As you know. So we'll we'll see. We'll see. I think it'll be an interesting experiment. Um, I have not been watching. Loki. I'm going to take a break on Disney Plus. I'm going to wait till for Loki to end its run, then I'll maybe I'll jump on for a month and watch it. But I had to kind of pull back because of the Gina Carino, Gina Carino thing. I wanted to, you know, I wanted to do uh, not pay a company like that with my money for a little bit. And uh, yeah, so. But I'll, I'll watch it. I'll check it out. I know it's kind of going both ways. It's kind of split. Although it's probably a little bit more popular than it is uh, unpopular. I, I'm seeing kind of online. I'm seeing both arguments for... The thing with Loki and the bisexualness with Loki, I think it's stupid. I think that's forced. I, don't think, I think you don't need to do that. Um... But I think I think hopefully there's some other things about the show that are that are good and entertaining to watch. Uh, but let's get to the brass tacks. I think this is the the interesting stuff that people are covering. Indiana Jones Five. I've always been an Indiana Jones fan ever since Raiders, and definitely with Temple of Doom. 
and even more so with the last crusade still remember going to see i think i saw i don't think i saw raiders in the, in, the, in the movies i saw i'm pretty sure i saw temple of doom at the movies when i was pretty young when i was a kid but um and definitely i definitely saw last crusade because that was 89 and that was the year of batman and a couple other big movies Oh, I think Lethal Weapon 2 came out. I wasn't, wasn't old enough to watch that, but I watched the hell out of, out of that on VHS. But, yeah, Indiana Jones 5. Harrison is... He's a national... To me, he is a national treasure because especially after surviving those those plane crashes, like him continue, continuing to, to fly those planes... And just not not give a shit. I'm gonna fly, and that's it. And I'm gonna, uh, I get in a crash. Well, uh, I'm gonna get through it. <laughs> he got through it. That's incredible. And uh, I, I, you gotta give him. You gotta give him credit because he is doing. He's like, I love that he's hardcore into indies. He's not giving up the character. Um, so far, as far as I know, I've heard some weird things that they're doing with the ending of this one, which I hope they don't do, because you got to stick the landing in any movie you do, especially in Indiana Jones Five. You know, they need we need to come back from Crystal Skull. I didn't mind Crystal Skull so much. I thought it was a decent sequel, but I didn't think it was great. I thought I see why people were were harping on it. Um, I at the first twenty minutes, I love the first 20 minutes of it when they're in the museum and he's flying around on his on his whip in the warehouse is fantastic i loved it it's just it does have some cheesy moments but I, I still like the action scenes uh there's some over-reliance on cg when and even like like the opening with with the uh hedgehog or the the gopher coming out with CG, I go really, just make it a puppet. Just make it a puppet. Go to, get, go to Jim Henson's and have him make a puppet for you. Like that was stupid. Or get some, a, a a gopher wrangler. You know, I don't. That was there. That was dumb. So you didn't need to do that. But uh, the nuke the fridge, <laughs> and then there's one where they fall from two waterfalls. <laughs> there's that. In the nuke of fridge, even I, and I give Indy a lot, I give him a lot of, like, I'll let him get away with a lot. Like the Temple of Doom stuff, I always, like, when they fall out of the plane and they inflate the raft, it's like, yeah, I can kind of go with it in a weird way, even though, nah, that probably, nah, probably wouldn't happen. But somehow, the practicalness, and they're actually doing the stunts, it kind of, they sell it. They do sell it in a weird way. Uh, but the nuke the fridge, I'm like, there's no way. Like, you're in the refrigerator. You're going way up into the air. You're still going to hit the ground. And you're going to break the bones in your body. Uh, <laughs> although I, I appreciate the, uh, the idea of, of Indy surviving a nuke. That's neat. It's historical, um, and but it's it became too cartoony. See, to me, 
it, it's tough with indie because it's neat when you can do things that are bigger than life, but there has to be a reality to it too. And I, this is the same thing. Like I, I kind of tie this into my Dungeons and Dragons games. It's like, yeah, you want fantastic things to happen, and things can be cartoony, but you can lose a sense of credibility of some kind of realism. That's why I say, I don't want to have too many player characters that are monstrous. That's why I don't like having the tieflings in the group. Uh, if, if, if there is a monstrous PC in the group, there's only one. And they're a rarity, you know, because it starts to take off this, take a, take us way more off the ground. And to me, the more fantastic something is, the more you have to ground it. You have to, sorry, you gotta ground it in kind of a realism. And yeah, because you can jump the shark, and in in so many genres. But anyway, uh, he's messed himself up. Harrison Ford. He messed up his shoulder doing a fight fight choreography for fight rehearsal. And dang. That sucks. And they're saying that he's going to be out a commission for possibly six to eight weeks. Dang, man. That's a heck of a shoulder yank. And I gotta appreciate it because he's going. You gotta go full out when you're throwing haymakers, <laughs> the Indiana Jones haymakers. But and I, you gotta admire that he's going for it, full. And I love that about Harrison. He's like, I'm gonna do it. I still feel it. I can pull it off. And he's gonna do it. I kind of get. It's, it's like a Clint Eastwood kind of thing. Like he's still going for it. He's still making movies. He's still. I know I can do it. I can get the story out I can still play this kind of character and like even Kurt Russell Kurt Russell when he you know talking about action roles and playing Snake Plissken when he when he did the sequel he's like well we better do something because I'm starting to get to an age where it's like this isn't so believable you know or I can't I'm getting a little uh, and this is I think he, this is like what he was in his, I don't know what age he was in when uh, Escape from L.A. came out. Like, 50s, maybe? I don't know, I could be off. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, pretty interesting. And I like James Mangold, he did Logan. Gosh dang it, I have not seen Ford versus Ferrari yet, which I, I need to see. But yeah, I you know Harrison, I I hope he gets uh, hope he gets back on his feet soon. And comics, uh, I'm gonna talk comics. I think I, I touched on this last time with was Invincible. Um, that's got me fired up about comics again, which is pretty cool. Uh, watching the cartoon uh, season on Amazon because. What I liked about it, not that it was perfect, there are still some things about it that it's very now with our culture, which is very, eh, I don't know. They have to kind of push some things like, oh, that's 
he's he's gay he's got a relationship with this guy and one of the characters in it and it's like ah it's not done really that great anyway but okay you still you go along with it and anyway it's the animation is excellent as far as it feels big screen which i love i think it has something to do with they drew more frames and probably uh, something like this that you would be that you're used to which is cool and the story was it's very much in the same vein of the boys and watchmen but this is a little bit more it cuts a lot of stuff that isn't needed and it gets right to it for the most part this the middle act is eh, a little wanes a little bit but you keep watching and it starts to pick up again I'm looking forward to reading that comic because I didn't even know about that this whole time. I mean, that, that tells you, I just, I have not been collecting comics that much, because I'm full. My storage capacity, literally in storage, I have too many comic book boxes, and it's hard for me to let go of a lot of the good ones. I have mostly good ones now. I gave a lot of them up to the Salvation, Ar Salvation Army that were, you know, probably I wasn't going to reread, but... I, you can only collect so many at a certain point when you get to a certain age. That's that's what sucks. So I started going digital. I started going with the Kindle, and now I find myself that I stopped doing that because I that sucks too. Why did I stop doing that? Because oh, you can't browse that good on there, and if it's out of sight, it's out of mind. I'll say that again. If it's out of sight, it's out of mind. Uh, shopping digitally doesn't work for me as much. And I have to really, you know, it's those emails. I get a tons of emails from Comixology with huge, huge uh, sales. But I don't know why. I don't know why. It's just, there's something about going to a comic shop that's very ritual. It's very pure, and uh, I don't do that as much because I have too many comics. So now I've been getting into eBay and trying to sell these things. Sell not my comics yet, but other things because if you're a collector of anything, you're going to run out of space. You're just going to because they make more stuff than you can collect. And, yeah, when is it enough? So that's a dilemma with getting older and being a comic book guy or collector. <laughs> or you could say maybe you're a collector of, um, of shoes or something like that. It's like at a certain point, it's going to be too much. So that's, that's pretty much all I wanted to, to touch on. I wanted to do this as an experiment, do it live and do it recorded on video. And... Uh, wanted to thank you all for listening to the Ham Pals, uh, especially the last episode. I thought that was a, that was a fun one. And keep listening. I, I still plan on doing at least three a month, even though this is a wild uh, Tuesday night. And also say a prayer or send good vibes to the people right now that are affected by that the condo condominium collapsing unfortunately in, in Florida that is awful that is really awful and you know the more 
I guess, yeah, the more thoughts we can give the people, maybe something it might have an effect. I like to think, you know, you know, pr my prayers have some kind of effect on the the, the rescuers. But um, I'm sure they'll have uh, some kind of donation that can be done. I'll, I'll start looking in, into that. But prayers and thoughts go out to the people. Then that devastating. Uh, turn of events is terrible and uh, unbelievable that that happened you just you never know you never know when something awful like that can happen that out of nowhere that you totally don't expect and yeah but I hate to end on a sour note like that yeah uh, so check out if you're watching this on YouTube check out the Ham Palace on Podbean, so hambo.podbean.com, I believe it is, and you can listen, you can download it, or go to iTunes and download this episode if you don't want to watch my my ugly mug on here. And uh, if you're listening right now, go to YouTube, check out Mustang Seven. Uh, I won't tell you to subscribe or like because I get sick and tired of hearing people to subscribe or like. You either gonna do it or you don't. But that's where I'm gonna try to put. I pretty much put all the live ones on there. So I'm going to do this more often. This has been fun. I think as far as podcasts go, I think we're turning more into a visual podcast consumer nation. However, I'm going to keep, you know, this This is more, it's more, it's easier to do the ones straight to the podcast uh, website because it's less, a little less set up. But this isn't too bad. I'm gonna. I gotta convert this video file. That's kind of the the only real pain of it. And pretty much, it's pretty much upload from there. But thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Leave a comment either on YouTube or on my podcast uh, Podbean Wall. And may you have long days and pleasant nights. Bye-bye. And let me end the podcast here. Sorry about the dead air. I almost forgot about you. See, this is a new, new experiment for me. Thanks for listening, guys. And... Uh, Hopefully I have an, I'll put out another podcast. Oh, let's see. Maybe tomorrow. Yeah, because the 30th I'll try to put something out. Like maybe a late night. I haven't had one of those in a while. All right. 39 minutes. Getting a little long for me. Let me cut it out. Thanks for listening, guys.